We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Dave Onestead hanging out with Mully and Ha on 670 The Score. Oh, yeah, it's Mully and Ha, and we're talking to Coach Wanstead. And, uh, and Dave, I got to ask you, when you uh, think about all of the interviews you've done at the Combine over the years, all of the players you've talked to, all of the, um, the limited time that you've spent, did you ever, did you ever apply the WAIT acronym? Um, you know, wasting all of the interview time, which apparently the Bears are doing with their ridiculous putt-putt golf slash dart throwing. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Is that like, did Belichick invent that? How did that work? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, no, and, and I get what they're saying. They're trying to get the kid to relax. Uh we used to try to get the kid to relax in a conversation and then say, what's, what's your favorite drink of choice in a bar and catch him off guard, you know? Uh, but it was in the middle of questions. No, this is, this is different, but I, they're trying to get him relaxed. They're trying to get the kid to put his guard down so they could probably hopefully see his full personality. No. Have we done that? No. Cause you're on a horn. I mean, if someone stands out in the hallway and literally blows one of those bullhorns, and it echoes through the entire facility, and you're you're on the clock. And at 15 minutes, bang, the, the horn goes again, and you they're opening doors and they're moving the kid to the next spot. So, you know, it, we we were always kind of pressed with time a little bit, uh, but everybody's got their own style of doing it, and uh, I'm sure they have their reasons. Dave, though. When you're Ryan Poles and you're Matt Eberflus and you lost 14 games and you do have still a reputation to be concerned about, is something like that a wise move? Do you worry about the the, the backlash, even though it is kind of in fun and jest? Do you really want to be the franchise that is made fun of when you're coming off the kind of season the Bears are and giving these guys relative inexperience on their jobs? Well, I can tell you, because I know the guy real well, I can tell you how Belichick's looking at this. He doesn't have time to be amused by this. He's looking at it like, okay, every time that they're putting, having a putting contest, that's less time that the Bears are watching tape with this kid or asking him questions or have him on the chalkboard or whatever they're doing. Uh, That means it's less time for them that's more time for me, you know? So he, he's not going to, a guy like Belichick won't say he may get a chuckle out of it, but he, 
He's just looking at, okay, good. They spend five minutes throwing darts. That's five minutes less that they're going to be talking about, you know, who, who, what's your responsibility on this blitz that I'm showing you on the tape right here. You know, so that's how he'll look at it. I guarantee you that. And, you know, Jimmy used to love to play cards with guys, right? It was Gin Rummy that he would always – I'm kidding. I, Dave, I just – I find this <laughs> – I'll tell you what. Molly, you got me there. When you said that, <laughs> I, I just talked to Jimmy two days ago, and I started thinking to myself, wow, <laughs> is my memory gone? You know, <laughs> I've seen – we've done a lot of crazy things, but Gin Rummy, no. <laughs> Black Jack at Caesar's Palace, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. So, Dave, uh, besides the obvious purpose of the combine, you're looking at these guys in interviews and putting, and you're seeing how fast they run and what they bench press. How much of the executive's job is devoted to this week laying the groundwork for free agency? Because let's face it, that is the next big thing on the calendar. We're 10 days away from those negotiation periods and you with all the agents in town, with all of the executives in place, how much of that goes on behind the scenes that we don't really talk about because we're so focused on who ran the 40. Oh, 100% you are on point. It, this is, there's meetings going from five in the morning. Uh, I was talking to Mike getting yesterday. He runs pro scout. I, I, and it's, it's the grading system. The blue, the red, you know, his dad started that 44 years ago. And, and we used him at Dallas. We used him at the Bears. We used him at the Dolphins. So I, I know kids pretty well. And, uh, you know, he has meetings with guys starting at 530 in the morning. So between evaluating your players, between uh, evaluating the division and the, comp- you know, the, comp- the guys you're competing with, uh, you're looking at free agents right now. There's a lot of behind the scenes. You guys are right on point. I mean, we're agents, every agent's down there. Cause at this time too, they have agent meetings going on right. uh, during, during the combine, you know, new rule changes on and on and on. So all the agents are there. They have meetings with, with club executives. Uh, you're talking about college guys, you know, Jimmy's big thing. When we signed Russell Maryland with the first pick, uh, we loved Russell. We knew him. He played for us, you know, at Miami all week and recruited him, all that stuff. But the big thing was that we – and he was represented by Lee Steinberg. That Jimmy wanted to have the contract done before draft day. He says, you know, it, nobody was really coming after our pick at that time. Okay, we had the first pick in the draft. I think the first quarterback that was taken was like number 16. But even so, you know, there were a lot of great players there, but nobody was just knocking the door down where Jimmy felt it was worth giving up the first pick. We had a need for a defensive tackle. We knew what we were getting in the guy. We trusted him on and on. But the one thing that's, that Jimmy said, we will draft Russell, but we want a contract in hand, you know, not technically in hand, but we want an agreement, a handshake or deal that this contract is done or we're not drafting him because we are not going to get into a holdout situation or a missing mini camps. So that was a factor with Jimmy, and uh, and we played that. He played that card, I, I know, with Russell Maryland uh, with the first pick of the draft. Dave, when we start talking about uh, you know being at the combine and interviewing guys and everything, you know you're trying to match up personality with what you see on tape. You're trying to match up traits with what you see on tape. So 
when a guy runs, obviously you're going to be really interested in him when he runs very well. When a guy uh, when a guy is a great athlete, that's going to attract you and you're going to look at it. But are there certain prototypes that you look for? You know, can you can you take a quarterback, for instance? I know the Bears aren't in the market for one, but if if uh, if Bryce Young isn't tall enough, he's not. Is he got to be big enough? Does he have enough bulk? Does he have to be 190? I mean, do you have certain ideas in mind that are baselines for players? Yes, you, you do. But Bill Parcells was a real stickler about this. I mean, he and, and I have the chart somewhere. Uh, Bill, look it up though. Parcells is 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 the the numbers that he that you needed to fall into. For him to even consider you being drafted when he was at the Giants and on and on, uh, him and George Young put this together, I believe. I mean, he was a stickler in that. He he believed in that. He stuck with it. What we did at Dallas, we were more flexible because we would take more playmakers. In other words, there was a defensive lineman that the Bears ended up taking that we was high, rated high. And I was talking to Jimmy about this, and we were going back and forth. And I said, let's watch, let's watch some tape. And Jimmy said, you know, I, I'm not concerned about watching tape on him. Put his numbers up there, Dave. Let's see his production. Mm-hmm. And this guy made all the measurables, height, size, strength, speed, toughness, everything. Check all the boxes. We put the production up there, and we kind of came to the conclusion that we had guys at the University of Miami every year that had better numbers than this. So why would we think of drafting this guy in the first round? So we passed him because of production. We were more of projection, not seeing it one year. Emmett Smith, another reason, guys. Emmett Smith didn't have great speed, right? Was just four five nine, just under four six. Big thing, proje- production, and he did it over an extended period of time. That was big factors in my mind and guys that we drafted. You know, those one-year wonder guys, you got to be – at least it's just personal. You, you really got to be sure about that. That can get you a little bit. And uh, and just just going by measurables, height, weight, speed, that can get you also. But, Dave, though, this sounds like a dumb question. It, I respect everything you just said. But tell me from a football coach's perspective, from the executive's point of view, why speed is weight heavier than some of the other things that you just mentioned, the, whether it's the tape or whether it's the, the height, the weight. It seems as if history tells us what we're watching here with the 40 times, while guys climbing up the draft board, running themselves into contention for a, be a first-round pick, why is speed weighed so much heavier than everything else? Well, I, I think because, you know, you know, speed is a factor. I mean, we, we used to always say, use this expression, you know what, if we get guys that have a lot of speed and are great athletes, they, make, they can make up for a lot of mistakes. Uh, if a guy's a slow guy and he makes a mistake, he makes a misread, he gets semi-blocked, he's going to have a tough time on defense probably recovering and getting back into play to, to, to make something happen where if a guy's got a lot of quickness and speed, and I'm putting quickness in there with speed because I think it's just as valuable, maybe more valuable. I think change of direction quickness for a defensive player is more valuable 
than outright speed. That's my opinion, okay? That's, that's my preference. And uh, so if you have a guy with great quickness and speed, he, he can make a mistake and recover and still be a factor. I'm curious when you, you know, not just speed, but they, they have talked quite a bit about, um, about trying to figure out like arm length and how that, do, do you, you know, when you're, when you're watching tapes of guys, do you, does it appeal to you when you see, wow, look at the, you know, look at the arm length or, I mean, what was it? I, I believe um, Ryan Poles said violence, length, tenacity those are the things that the bears are looking for in defensive linemen why is why are other measurables so important with that i mean i i get it the idea of a short-armed guy on the offensive line you can't get your hands out but but if you're a good player and you've learned how to what does it matter if it's a 34 or 33 and seven eighths or 33 and a three quarter i mean why is that so important to people with arm length well, the way offensive line play has gotten now, and with it becoming a passing league, it's all really a matter of who gets their hands on the guy first. <laughs> you, you know, right. in, in other words, if Aaron Donald gets his hands on you guys, you're 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 in trouble. Okay. On the other side of the coin, if uh, if Kelsey, the center from from Philadelphia, will use him, if he gets his hands on on you before before Aaron Donald does, Kelsey's probably going to win that battle. So hand quickness, arm length, it, it is a factor. Is it a determining factor? No. Now, the, you know, the kid from Pitt this year, uh, Chancey coming on, uh, he, he, I guess his arm length, they were telling me, someone told me that his arm length is two inches shorter than Aaron Donald. Uh, but he's a little bit taller. He's got the same speed, the same quickness. His production is j- just as good as Aaron Donald's. So it's going to be real interesting to see how they evaluate him. Do they dock him because his arm length is whatever it was, 30, I think it was, as compared to Aaron Donald's was 32 or whatever. But it was about two inches shorter. So that's going to be a one to, to, to watch close. It didn't affect his production. It's like you're saying, Molly. Uh, and he's nasty. Trust me, he's nasty. Uh, and he's got all the intangibles. Uh I, it wouldn't. It wouldn't affect me. I'm going back to playing over the years, production over years. That's what's going to determine the factor in me. But Dave, is Cancy lifting weights alone in the back of the Pittsburgh Auditorium <laughs> in a weight room where only he is lifting there, and there's only one light on, and he is bench pressing like Aaron Donald? Nobody. I hope so. I hope so because he because he's a fellow pit guy. But I, I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. We start comparing guys to Aaron Donald and the guy hadn't even been drafted yet. But but he's he's a guy that uh, he'll make an impact on somebody's team. It's just going to be a matter if you're willing to draft a guy with that height and arm length and all the things you're talking about. You you will see that. That's he's a great example. You're going to go with the measurables of height, arm length. Uh, what's more important to you that? or leading the entire country with 14 and a half tackles for loss or whatever the guy has. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, that's who drafts him is going to say, I want a guy that's productive. I'm not as concerned about the measurables. You know, I, I think like it's fascinating to me. So Jalen Carter, he was six foot three, three fourteen, ten and a quarter hands, 33 and a half arm length. And then you look at Brian Breesey. He's six, five and a, and, uh, and, and four eighths or whatever, three hundred and uh, excuse me, two hundred and ninety-eight pounds. 
same hand size, same arm length as Carter. I mean, Breesy had a good career. Carter's considered the better player. Is it just is that all down to picking guys up and throwing them around on the defensive line? What? Why is one guy, uh, you know, a a top five pick and the other guy a top twenty pick? Yeah, it, it would be a lot. Would have to do maybe with coachability. It could have something to do with character. Yeah, and and it could have something to do with when he's played against big competition. How how has he played? I I haven't studied the tape on Bracey, so I can't say what type of player he was. You know, I, I saw Carter. I mean, I saw Carter's highlight tape, guys. And we all watched the playoff games, okay? I'm watching those highlights two days ago against Tennessee and some and some really good players, and he's throwing them around like ragdolls. Yeah. And then I'm watching him in the TCU game, and he's putting his hand up saying, I need a rest after about four plays. And I was I came out of that playoff game disappointed. I really was disappointed in his production. I don't know if the guy had made five plays in the whole game. So, you know, um, the, these are the things that will separate players. So, Maybe, so Dave, if you, know, if, you, if you go into an interview with him, do you have that tape on? Do you say, hey, what happened oh, here? Why are you raising uh, your hand here? Absolutely. In the interview process, three things happen, guys. Some people, I guess, you know, play golf and darts and ask questions. Some people... And I've done all – I didn't do the dark thing, but I, I've been in interviews where it's nothing but 15 minutes of questions. I've been in where it's nothing but the guy on the blackboard. we got to find out about this guy's intelligence for football. Put him on the board. I want to know what this team's best blitz was. Make him draw it up. I want to know what stunts they called with him. I, you know, I, I want to know what his favorite run play was. I want him to be able to draw – a running play as an offensive lineman or a running back, whatever it might be. Okay. And then the third category is, which was my favorite. We kind of evolved to this half by four or five good plays, four or five bad plays during his year, put him on and let him talk. If I see, and I ask him what happened on this play. And he says, the coach got the call in late from the sideline or boy, the middle linebacker coach didn't do a very good job of getting me the call. Wow, that is a red flag. He's blaming somebody else for his poor performance. So I, and, and then on the other side, you put the good play on, what happened here? You love hearing those guys saying, well, we had great coverage and it gave me extra time to get to the quarterback. That's why I got the sack. So I love the good, bad tape where you can hear the player describe why something happened bad or something happened good. I think that really – I mean, we, we've been turned off on players just because of what I said. Yeah. The guy, remember, a defensive backup beat for a touchdown, and he said, well, you know, generally we don't have to cover the guys that long. I mean, come on. You know, what are you talking about? I mean, hmm. uh, that's all I needed to hear, and let's move on from him. Dave, so we have heard from every general manager at the Combine. You hear from every head coach at the Combine. How much of what they say do they go into the, those sessions actively deceiving the the audience and knowing that what they say won't necessarily be true or maybe in some cases with certain executives they say things to intentionally mislead people from what their intentions might be chris ballard comes to mind saying that you know what you could stay at four and not have to go up to a quarterback other people probably have different agendas but how common is that is that just accepted oh yeah it is and and you got to assume that everybody's everybody's got a, a motive <clears throat> behind everything that they say at this point. I mean, the, you know, there should be one voice, one voice from here on out. I mean, it should be Ryan Poles 
is the only guy that really should be talking about what they're going to do in the draft, up, down, trade, free agency, because the minute you've got a lot of people talking, it, it, it does get cloudy and stuff's going to leak out. So there's got to be one voice right now. It's got to be Ryan Poles. And, uh, and he'll, he'll be saying that. I mean, I, I can see. I mean, the indie guy, why not say that? You know, and he's halfway true. I was on a call two days ago with this study, and we were talking about quarterbacks. <laughs> and when the meeting was over, somebody was evaluating C.J. Stroud. And by the end of the evaluation in the film I watched, guess what, guys? I would, he had us all convinced. I'd have taken – I'd take C.J. Stroud from Ohio State with the first pick and be very happy. Honest <laughs> to God. And, and, and from what this, the guys were saying, and they, and they were quarterback guys, and the film that we watched, this guy made all the throws. He avoided the rush. He slid in the pocket. He's got athleticism to scramble. He comes from a high, high program, ears in the country. You like him, take him. I mean, so there – I could see where Ballard would say that, and he might be telling the truth. <laughs> Dave, we'll let you go. Just, you know, one final question for me. I'm just curious, when you are interviewing someone that has sort of a character issue, let's say you're talking to Jalen Carter after he returns from the arrest, um, how much time do you spend on that? How much time do you want to make sure he's got his story straight and it, it jibes with his explanation of why he changed it? I, I'm just curious – how honest are these guys and how much how much information you obviously look into the, the you're interviewing tons of people you have a ton of information about a guy when you go to interview him how much is that um important and everybody says you want someone who loves football how do you what question could that possibly hey do you love football i mean how do you know yeah i'll tell you how you know you, you find out what the guys off season habits were uh, you find out what he did in season. You know, did, was he a guy that missed his weekly lifts? If he got banged up, was he a guy that got treatments? Did he miss practices? Uh, you know, all those things kind of go into the whole equation of how committed this guy is and is football, the you know, one of the most important things in his life. But I'll tell you what, as far as the character things, I did a lot the last didn't do it this year because of the Naples situation, but the last five years with Cliff Brady, who's an agent, you know, represent some bear players, Fabian Bones, Brian Cox. Cliff is a Chicago guy. And I did a lot of work in Naples, Florida with Chris, with Cliff's guys that he was going to be sending to the combine. And the one thing that I told these players, and these were college guys going to the combine, just like we're talking today. And I would say every question that they ask you, you better assume that they have the answers. And they already know. So if you sit down with, with Carter and you're – he better be answering the truth. He better be telling you the truth because if you're asking a question and you don't know, then your club didn't do a very good job. But I guarantee you they're all over this situation and they have the information in front of them and they just want to see if he is telling the truth and if he is being upfront about everything. So that was the advice I used to give to these college prospects. You go into that room at the combine, assume if they ask you if you've ever smoked dope or they ask you if you drink or if they ask you if you ever had a, a, a moving violation in a car, you better be truthful because they already know the answer. Dave, you're the best. Thank you so much, Coach. Thanks, Dave. Okay, guys. That is Coach Wanstead. That's really good stuff. That's why I don't understand how the Carolina Panthers could have come out of their meeting on Tuesday night with Jalen Carter not knowing 
this was coming. Him not telling them this was coming. And if he doesn't tell you this was coming, that says a lot about what he didn't say. That's just a great point. It's a great point. And, and I mean, I'd like to get an answer as to why he lied to them by sin of omission. 312-644-6767, really enjoying that. We're going to talk to our guy, Mike Palm. We're going to break down uh, all sorts of different things, including uh, tonight's Bulls game, what am I being told? Uh, we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament. There's some exciting stuff going on at, uh, at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas with the world's largest sports book. Mullion Home Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, yes, indeed, Vegas, baby. Let's get uh, let's get out to the desert and uh, bring in our friend Mike Palm. He, of course, the vice president of operations for the D, the Golden Gate, and Circa. And he'll join us now on, how about this, the Score Hotline, which is brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Mike, a great family man, a domer. A friend of the program, Mike. Good morning. How are you, Molly? How you doing? How you doing, Haw? It's great to be on with you guys again. Thank yeah, you. we're it, we're pumped up to talk to you because obviously we're not making the trip, but six seventy the score going out during the second weekend, and we want our listeners to join you guys at Stadium Swim on Thursday and Friday, the twenty third and the twenty fourth. You got some uh, some big events planned, yeah? Yeah, I mean. Uh, March, the whole month of March has just becoming awesome. Uh, and Las Vegas, with all the conference tournaments, uh, I mean, it's 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 already heating right. up right now. Um, I, I'm going to tell you my 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 schedule here, guys. Just to, I'm I'm maybe some of the listeners will envy, but I'm this might fall all just right. Maybe Tuesday next week, I can see St. Mary's play Gonzaga at the Orleans in the West Coast tournament final. Maybe Friday. Friday afternoon and evening next week, I can catch uh, the uh, Mountain West semifinals at Thomas and Mac. 
Perhaps we'll get UCLA, Arizona in a Pac-12 final Saturday night at T-Mobile. Then the next Friday, I'm flying to Des Moines and hosting a sweet Thursday, Saturday in the first and second round games at Wells Fargo. And then come back home for the West Regional that week, and you guys are talking about, hosted here in Las Vegas Thursday, Saturday. So I know you guys, your, your network's coming out here. Should be awesome. A lot of shows at Stadium Swim on Thursday and Friday morning. There's still seats available. First Thursday and Friday of March Madness is sold out at Stadium Swim in the sports book. But that second week is still available. You've got Stadium Swim as an option. You've got the world's largest sports book as an option. And then we also have a free viewing party in our Galaxy Ballroom and private man caves there as well. So a lot of options for folks at Circa coming out that second weekend of the tournament. I'm tired just hearing that, Mike. You sound like it's going to be a fun <laughs> month ahead. Okay, so Mitch Rosen sends his best. You're going to be taking care of Parkinson Spiegel later this month. That's something to look forward to. Given your schedule and given how much you're diving into college hoops, I have to know this, two things. Did you develop that love watching Notre Dame basketball? And did you ever have a drink at the linebacker like Mike Bray <laughs> said he needed to do this week after his final game? That was a little bit awkward. Uh, but Mike Bray's a terrific, terrific coach and has done a great job at Notre Dame for years. Um, you know, McLeod was there when I was there. No, I, was a, I wasn't actually a Notre Dame basketball fan growing up. I idolized Dean Smith and was a huge North Carolina fan, even though I grew up in Dubuque, Iowa. I wrote a letter to Dean Smith after they got beat by Indiana on the day Reagan got shot in 81. I wrote a letter to Dean Smith. Uh, why did they play the game? I didn't understand it. Congratulations on a great season. Two weeks later, he wrote me back a letter, sent me a yearbook at North Carolina. Every year I'd write him a letter. Every year he'd write me a letter back. I finally got a chance to meet him in 1989 in Iowa City when they played the University of Iowa. It was just incredible. Had dinner with, with Coach Smith, Coach, Coach Guthridge, my parents and I, and Joe B. Hall and Gary Bender, who were calling the game of the week on that Saturday on ABC. One of the top five experiences of my life. Yeah, that is a, that is a fantastic story. Um, what happened in North Carolina? I guess that's a, another bizarre story. It's never happened before where a number one team to start the season has had this kind of a year and won't make the tournament. It's interesting. You know, their odds, a couple of books have their odds. Will, will or won't they make the tournament? They're actually like minus 140 favorite. I don't know. If they don't beat Duke tomorrow, mm. I think they, don't have, they have to win the ACC tournament. I don't understand where are their quality wins. They just don't. They don't really have any big wins away from home. There's nothing to hang their hat on. I said at the beginning of the year what a fraud it was. They were ranked number one. I didn't think they weren't going to make the tournament. But they just, they just haven't won anything significant away from home. A win over Duke would be something. But the ACC is so down. I mean, it's yeah. just it's the worst I can ever remember it. Uh, so I think they're up against it. I actually, you know, was thinking about taking the plus 115 that they don't make the tournament. Hmm. Oh. Mike, here in Chicago, Kevin Durant and the Suns. Kevin Durant and the Suns come in tonight. <laughs> Help us understand what's going on with the Bulls. Help us understand how to bet this game if you're paying attention. I know it's not college hoops, but it seems like the Bulls are, are getting four. And right now, that's, I think, the latest, and it seems like an opportunity maybe. Did we lose Mike? I don't know. I think we might have had a problem with the line. We're working on it. Okay. Maybe just Mike, wanted... Mike, Mike is a great guy. I mean, honestly, I, I love the guy. Mike, are you there? 
I'm here. All right. David wants to know about the Bulls tonight. Why uh why the Kevin Durant Suns are only favored by five in the hook or five, depending on where you look. Yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a trap line it looks like it. Um it's tempting. But you know, the NBA is really is really spot play, you know, situational play. They they still have to get their time together. Um they won the other night and Chris Paul was terrible. So, I mean, I couldn't take the points with the Bulls here. I could only lay it, but it looks like a trap line at four. So stay away from me. Yeah, that's what, that's what we were talking about this morning. Um, what about win totals in baseball? We're, we had a little argument about we're going to – we have Sox fans and Cubs fans, so we're going to have a wager as to uh, who has the better season. Um, what does it look like from the Vegas perspective? Well, you know, <clears throat> some books are starting to come out with their win totals. I just started doing my research into baseball now, and I, I got to tell you, I love the the, the, the speed-up rules. I, the, I think mm. I've been talking about this pitch clock for three years. People will adjust to it, I and mean, they're calling it very stringently now. I don't think they'll call it as stringency, stringently, but baseball had to do something. The average age of the Major League Baseball fan is 53 years old. The average age of an NBA fan is 31. They're losing a generation here. And, they, you know, a, a college basketball game is two hours flat, right? A yep. soccer game is two hours flat. Yep. An NBA game is two and a half hours. An NHL game is two and a half hours. They have to bring it in line with that. The NFL is the exception. The product is just incredible. So let's say that first. Um, I think the Cubs will have a better season than people think. I, I, I think they get a year older, these young kids, and that division is brutal. I mean, that, that, that Cincinnati, who's Cincinnati going to start in pitching? I mean, it's a joke. I couldn't name two starters, legitimate starters. They're going to have to have a lot of guys like Sessa and that become starting pitchers. The, the lineup is awful. Pittsburgh is really, really bad. I think the Cubs will do better than expectations. Hard for me to say on the Sox. Um, I think they're in a better division, a Tiger team that's getting better, a Royals team that's getting better. Minnesota finds any pitching, they're going to be involved. Francona worked miracles with the team that he had. Bieber's only going to get better coming back. You know, the Twins get Maeda back. Uh, um, I think that the White Sox are up against it. I'll tell you the bet I like best for baseball right now, and I had him at 100-1 to for Cy Young last year. Can't believe he wasn't a finalist. I bet him again at 30-1 to for AL Cy Young. I love this Framber Valdez. I think he's, he's he will definitely give you the innings. He'll be top three in innings. He has very rarely has a start where he, when he had 26 consecutive quality starts, he set the record in the modern day for it. I think the guy's a great bet at 30 to one for anybody out there looking to, you know, put 20 bucks or 50 bucks on something and you have a, a season long sweat. This is Dylan Cease country. That was, I got to tell you, Mike, your reaction to the bears is one of the funniest things ever. We, we we're out there. We're talking to you, and you're just like, yeah, no, yeah the Bears, nah, no. The bears. And they end up. I, and I we were kind of arguing. Hey, you know, they they might try hard. They might, you know, they seem more competent. And lo and behold, they get their fourteen team record, fourteen losses. So spot on as always. I call Dylan Cease deceased. That's what I that oh. I, always, I always call him. Oh. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Cease country. You know, opening day, just think that after all that and we have the West Regional Final, the next Thursday we have an opening day where every team is playing 
And guess who? We're, we're going to have a ceremony at the Circus Sportsbook to celebrate opening day. We're so excited about it. We're going to give away hot dogs, apple pies, and all moms drink free. But we have a very special guest. Yeah, we have a very special. It's actually all women. I can't make you prove it. But we have a very special guest uh, that's throwing out the first pitch that some of your listeners may have heard of, Greg Maddox. Oh, oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. a local drive for him just across the neighborhood, right? He's pretty close by. That's a great guest, a good get. So, yeah, he, he lives in Summerlin, so he's 15 minutes away. Um, he's actually his charity foundation, Baller Dream, that his daughter Paige runs, um, is hosting a weekend at the end of April and having a celebrity poker tournament uh, on Sunday, April 30th. The public can still buy into it for $2,500. prize pool, but they're trying to raise a couple hundred thousand. This is for um, kids and young adults who are are cancer sufferers. Like Make-A-Wish cuts it it off at like 16. They go to like 25. So that's the difference. But that charity does great work, and and they're having their first fundraiser to partner with Circa. And so uh, he's going to throw out the first pitch and, and help promote that event. Mike, thanks for jumping on. Always a joy to talk to you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. You sure you can't convince Mitch to let you come out in a couple weeks? (laughs) Working on him. (laughs) Yeah, we've been working on him, believe me. Uh, All right, great stuff, Mike. Take care. Thanks, guys. That is Mike Palm. I love that guy. He's a really good guy. had a great time with him when we were out there. Good guy. And Derek Stevens. They're really wonderful Hilarious that – Ask him about Notre Dame basketball. He said, yeah, I, I was there when John McLeod was the coach. And then oh he tells God. this great there. Dean Smith story. Yeah, yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, Dean something Smith story. else. John McLeod. I called John McLeod up in his hotel room in New York and congratulated him on getting the Notre Dame job. And he laughed and said, nice try. Like he, <laughs> he, I was trying to get him to confirm it. He was an excellent NBA coach, not a great college basketball no. coach, but a classy yeah, great gentlemen. Guy. Yeah, no question. Always. All right. 312-644-6767. That is the telephone number. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Our guy Mark Grody working hard down in uh in Indy. And uh we were gonna talk to him earlier, but he got caught up in quarterback interviews. Apparently, all the quarterbacks talking it's, today. It's their morning. It's their day. Yeah, it's and, their day. Um, Every and, day is their day, but know, today they speak. And I'm sure you'll hear Mark all day on the station, but he did send us some tape. We have uh, some stuff from him from Indy. How about this? How about C.J. Stroud talking about uh, Justin Fields? Is that a, Does that appeal to you, David? I think so because Justin Fields was uh, the predecessor to C.J. Stroud. Let's take a listen. Yeah. CJ, what did you think of Justin Fields' season, your fellow Ohio State guy? Yeah, I was proud of him, man. Uh, it's so many times you get knocked back down, but it, uh, I feel like a true man's character is when you get knocked down, how do you get up? And he's got up every time, and he's and he's and he stepped up to the plate, and he hasn't blamed anybody, he hasn't pointed no fingers, he hasn't anything. That, and as a human, that just shows you what type of man he is, and uh, what type of family he comes from. So uh, just knowing kind of him as a person, I mean, that's that's really cool, uh, just because. Uh, it's hard, man. You get hit so hard, so many times, hard in the face. It's 
uh, you have to make plays using your feet, and, and he ain't no damn running back. That, he's a quarterback, and he, and he can sling that rock. So uh-huh. I'm going to stand up for my brother every time, and, and he's going to do great things in his career, and I'm excited to play with him. That said, do you even think about the Bears at one? Is that a weird thing to think about? Because I mean, no, I don't want to go there. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's his team. So, yeah. uh, But, I mean, I think I got to do my I gotta do my thing. I got to go build my legacy, and I know he and he's rude to me. He texted me uh, yesterday morning. So uh, me and him uh, are brothers for life. That's impressive. It's a very good answer. When he said, I don't want to go there, I thought he meant he didn't want to talk about it, but I think he doesn't want to come here. I think both. Yeah. I don't think he wanted to talk about it. I don't think he wants to leave any impression that it could be misinterpreted that he's talking about the Bears because he has such respect for Justin Fields because of their relationship, which clearly is still a close one because Justin Fields in touch this week texting C.J. Stroud when he's not texting Ryan Poles. Yeah, and um, I think also, how do you say, well, I'd really love to go number one overall, but I want them to trade the pick. Right. That's kind of what the – It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot in an answer. It's better to say, I don't want to go there. And uh, he answered that very well, and he spoke with a lot of confidence, which gives you an idea why he is where he is and why he's so highly regarded. I want to get back to the whole idea about C.J. Stroud for a moment. Yes. Back to our interview and conversation with Dave Wanstead. Mm. Wasn't it funny to hear Wani reflect what I think everyone can relate to? He was on a conference call. They were watching tape, the 33rd team, which is he uh, part of the website, yes. which is really does a nice job of breaking football things down. And by the end of the film session, Dave was like, CJ Stroud could go number one. Well, this I mean, guy's good enough, and you could you can justify yes. and rationalize anything if you watch a guy long enough and it's a highlight reel, and you're like, well, geez, I can win with him. I think there's two things connected to that. One is that Stroud played arguably his best when it mattered most, which is always important. Clutch gene. And then the other thing is the guy that is the mini Mahomes ahead of him, Bryce Young, there are legitimate questions about his size. Again, I, I've been this size, uh, you know, respectfully my, my whole life. Um, you know, I, I know who I am. I know, I know what I can do. And, you know, for me, you know, I think it, it, it's fair. You know, everyone can, can speculate and ask whatever questions are necessary. But, you know, I'm going to continue to control what I can control. I'm going to keep working my hardest to put myself in a good position. And I'm confident in myself. I know what I can do. And, you know, I'm just excited to get to that next level. That's Bryce Young. Minnie Mahomes? Well, he's a little fella. And he's supposedly got a lot of Patrick Mahomes in him. Okay. I, what's that, wrong with – is many Mahomes too simplistic? No, it's Have not – Have I offended him? No, He's been that size his whole life. Not at all. Not he at never all. grew. I, I do think he, that – He was 12 years old he was and, that height. <laughs> to me, that's overly optimistic for Bryce Young. I think he could be a very good NFL starter. I, I, I would have some concerns about his durability about his availability, mm. about his will, uh, his endurance and stamina and, and all the things that over a 17-game season, somebody as slight as his frame is in relative terms, you know, Patrick Mahomes is not that guy. I mean, he's, he's, he's mobile, more mobile than we give him credit for. I think he's, he's tougher than we give him credit for. And he, he takes so much attention away from those aspects those things because he throws a football and has such arm talent that um, any comparison is is difficult. Bryce Young is a guy, though, that you hope emerges as the quarterback people want at the end of this week. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I, I, uh, 
I don't know either. And I don't, you know, it's interesting as you hear him talk there. It's not so much his height, but his weight that is of very big interest to the NFL. If he, if he is not closer to, to 200 pounds, uh, and he's not, he's, he's a very slight guy as well as a, a shorter player that becomes a bigger issue because of his height. You see what I'm saying? Like he, because you you are already operating at the disadvantage of being shorter than other players, usually at the position. Oh, now, yes. Everyone, everyone says Drew Brees. <laughs> Drew Brees held the ball kind of above his ear hole. It was like over. He got his, rid of it quickly. He got rid of it quickly. He was as accurate as it came. Exactly. And, and, and I'm not saying that this guy isn't, but if he's very slight of build, that's the injury concern. Thing. The, the contrast couldn't be more stark. It's the day after defensive linemen ran the 40 yard dash with their big muscular 260 plus pound bodies running four, six, four, five, four, seven, whatever the case may be, they're moving and can imagine the collisions with these guys with 190 pounds soaking wet Bryce young. That would concern me if I'm a general manager Mortgaging my future, risking my reputation on taking Bryce Young number one overall. I understand he's proven. I understand where he's coming from, but I would have some concerns. All right. We're going to head out to Cubs camp next. We're going to talk about uh, Dustin's favorite team. It's Mully and Hall at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.